Book of Ephesians, chapter 4. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, I've been gone for a couple of weeks. I did a men's retreat for Hope Church um, our sister church um, last week and week before last, I had an opportunity to be um, the speaker for Mission Sunday at uh, Redeemer Presbyterian Church out in Monroe. Um, but like I say, it's always good to be back home with you guys. I appreciate um, Reverend um, Tom Henry for preaching for us and our assistant pastor, Reverend um, Amari Hill, for preaching for us. And um, I just praise God that, like we just read, he has given gifts to his church, and um, we are able to be ministered to, um, whether I'm here or not. Praise God for them. Praise God for y'all. Amen? Well, um, as um, was said earlier, today is a special day in life of Christ Central Church, as we will be ordaining and installing ruling elders at Christ Central Church. Um, and there is an important link um, between what will happen today and uh, what is going on in our mission series on engaging the world with the goodness and grace of God found in Jesus. You see, contrary to cultic personality-driven churches, of which you have a lot of in this country, in which Charlotte is like the breeding ground for cultic personality-based churches. Regardless of all of that, it has always been the people 
Y'all hear me? The people, the congregation, what some of you may describe as the ordinary regular Joe, the one going to work, the one trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, right? The one just trying to keep their head above water, moving and shaking in the world, the regular old church person believer. Those are the people who are the real players, right? the real stars, the ones who will be sent by God to change this world. It's almost like uh, this stage should be flipped. You out there on display because you are in the field of play. And it's sort of like if you look at scripture, the elders and I and pastors are on the sideline. I don't know whether you know, but you need to know that this is how the Bible says it is and should be. You, and I, I, know, I know it's hard because we live in a very flashy, again, pastor-centered, you know, man of God, whatever world, right? But it is you, the non-elders, people of God, who are the starters, right? You are the draft picks, you are promoted in your calling while those who have been called to be elders for your benefit and good in a very real kind of spiritual way have been demoted for your promotion, right? And what do I mean by demoted? That means that elders are no longer, uh, those who are called to be elders are no longer called to primarily lead out in the world as much, on the field of play as much, even though they could. But now they are on the sidelines, in the training room, if you will, in the film room, behind the scenes. It is safe to say that being a leader in a gospel-driven church is a demotion to the church version of the water boy, Right? the equipment manager, or, or not to make it so bad, that kind of weird distinction, a player coach, right? The person who sort of can't play anymore, not the starting point, but kind of has the knowledge, the player coach. You see, like what you see in sports, leadership in God's church will ultimately mean becoming support staff. And being all about seeing others shine in their potential. That is the calling of your elders. That is what God is doing today. He is calling them to elder by joining the other elders to be church support staff. To be helpful and knowledgeable customer service representatives of the gospel to be personal trainers and coaches of community of a community and team owned and operated by the Lord Jesus himself. But what does this so-called demotion look like? Two things I want us to quickly see from the scriptures. God has given you elders to equip you to make sure you are equipped with the right gear and equipped with the right technique. Secondly, these men called to be elders are here to promote your healing. Healing from the hostile journey 
of living in this world and for the hostile journey of going into this world. Those two things. You ever like to do and feel drawn to do things that you're not good at? That is the story of my life, like a lot of yours. I love to fish. I rarely ever catch anything. Yet I have it on my bio going out to the world. It's on the website. He loves to fish. And in the 300 times I might have been fishing, I've caught 30 fish. That means I've gone a lot and caught nothing, right? And I like building things, y'all. But I really suck at it. And part of the reason I, I realize is oftentimes I don't have the right gear, right? I've not learned any technique. I'm the kind of person, like many of you, I just like jumping in. And craft and construction or do-it-yourself home projects, especially when you consider how much a house costs, are not something you just jump into. And neither is life, right? We are born into this world, and somehow, I don't know how we fooled ourselves, somehow we are supposed to be able to make sense of it on our own. And often we are alone in this do-it-yourself project called me, called others, called life, called relationship with an unseen God. And we go into it thinking we can do it ourselves. So I've been trying to build my own smoker <laughs> out of some old parts of things I had sitting around. I didn't need to. I just wanted to. I don't know why I was bored. It's Monday. It's my day off. And I got all this junk sitting around. And I got vision. You know, it's one of my gifts, visionary. Church visionary, not smoker visionary. <laughs> so I, 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 I use this large terracotta planter as my base, right? And I'll, I'll explain how it all works in a minute. Um, now, if y'all bite, bite my idea and put it on YouTube, I'm coming to get my money, okay? Okay, I know y'all thinking, please tell me, Pastor Brown, so I can be great too. In a minute, I'll tell you. It's free. It's the gospel. I'm not supposed to charge for it. So I used this large terracotta planter as my base, and it needed airflow. And this is part of the story here. And a place to add charcoal, uh, because what I did is I took an old Weber grill where the bottom is rusted out, right, of the base. So I needed to cut a three-inch hole in the terracotta plant, right, so that I could put a chimney vent in there so it could breathe and be large enough to put charcoal in. I'm pretty good in it, y'all. Um, well, I went to Lowe's, and I was trying to figure it out on my own. And here comes this older guy with the apron on. And I asked him for help. And they are like, you need a diamond bit to cut through that terracotta. 
And then all of a sudden there were two guys with aprons around me. And they were chiming in. And they used terms like, son, right? <laughs> they were like, son, terracotta, I can't even say it right. Terra, is it kata or coda? Kata, okay, thank you. Terracotta, hey, look, I can get some help. I majored in English at Clemson. I need some pronunciation. Okay, terracotta is, she, he said, son, terracotta is not forgiving. It will crack. Use, and they were like, use this instead of this. And by all means, son, don't press in. Let the tool do the work. And then take your time. Go slow. This is the right tool. And then he touched my arm. <laughs> and this kind of made me feel good. He says, you look like you are going to want to push it. And then he went into his own life. My daddy told me, let the tool, not the strength of the man, do the work. Sure, the tool, the nice diamond attachment for my Dremel was awesome. But the tool was not the gift. The gift were those guys on the clock at Lowe's in those blue smocks, right? Look with me at verses 1. Uh, verse 1 through 11, it says, I therefore prison for the Lord. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church. Urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the body of peace. He's saying this is what it takes to be the church. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. So he's saying this is your calling of what it means to be a believer. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. He says, but grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. He says, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended doesn't mean, talking about Christ here, uh, when he died, he descended into hell. He descended into our sin and our issues. And then it says uh, he ascended. What does it uh, mean but that he also descended to the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended for above all, far above, sorry, all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now hear this. And he gave the apostles. So Jesus, when he came and he lived and he died, he got some stuff, right? And he was put in a position like the head of the church, the manager of the church. And this is what he gave us, right? It says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers, right? To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ, once again, so the owner and operator of the community, Jesus has given gifts to you and me. And one of those gifts are the men called to be elders, right? Who are there to equip you with the tools of God's grace. The right tools, the right gear, right? To get through the hard yet fragile things in your life. And not just to give you the tool, but to be the gift of someone who is not new to this thing, 
Someone who can say son or daughter or bro or friend. Someone who has made mistakes, who have experienced brokenness, trying to do things in their own strength, and then have experienced God's gear work for them and others. We're talking about those who are there to be called upon with the knowledge and experience to equip and gear you with what God has for your particular situation. They might not be out there doing all that you are doing, but they are called to do all they can for you to be and do all God has called you to be and do. Those dudes at Lowe's that day didn't just give me the tool. They showed me proper technique. They even like do like this and like go slow, right? They showed me, they encouraged me to patience and not pressing and telling me about the nature of the element I was cutting through and what to expect. And then they said this. I thought it was real curious. You know what? You can always come back and get another pot. (laughs) And then they looked at me, and they said, maybe you should go ahead and buy another pot. (laughs) They looked at this anxious novice and said, chances are, son, you'll need it. They knew that I would and could experience failure. Now, I didn't, all right? (laughs) God bless me. And seeing the way I was, they equipped me with the right stuff in the right way, calling for the right technique to do the work that I was called and wanting to do. Look at verse 11 through 13 again with me. It says here, um, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers... Let's just say these are the people in the blue smocks, right, in God's kingdom, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. They're not doing the work of ministry. Who is? You are. They're just equipping you, right, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, Then jump down to 15. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is ahead into Christ. Do you see it? God has gifted us with people who like a good coach or a good personal trainer. They see the issue once again. They see what we're dealing with and the goals and say, this is the exercise of your faith. Do these things. Move this way. Pray this way. Go to this group. Follow this plan. Hang in there. I'm with you. Let's do it again. Oh, you messed up. Here's how repentance and restoration and forgiveness works. Yeah, I am focused on what God can do and is doing in you and calling you to big picture, right? I am going to tell you what you might be tempted to do and see and experience. And maybe there will be surprises I didn't even see. But let's work on that. Let's forge a way forward with patience until you come to the maturity and to the place that God would have you to grow to. Cutting that hole in that planter was hard. 
hard for me. Because it wasn't that the tools were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> I was tempted, just like that dude said I would be. I was ready to take a hammer to it. I'm telling you. Like, I'm like, gosh, I can't believe how thick this wall is. You know, I got the diamond bit. I got the tool. And it would go through one time. Now, I remember the dude telling me, look, you're going to have to slowly chisel your way. Take your time. And I'm sitting out on that back porch, and all I can see is the finished product, y'all. And I'm like, I, I could do it with a hammer. If I just take the hammer just right, boom, I can fix it. And I, it would have cracked. I had to do yoga meditation doing that thing. I'm telling you, I did. I was telling the staff about it this week. I was in there breathing. Taking time, wiping the sweat off. Like, oh my gosh. And I looked over and I went in my garage and I'm like, what tool do I have to just knock this thing out, right? And I remember the guy said, don't rush it or you'll be back here buying another pod. I had to let the man's word and touching my arm and warning me and, and face that I saw keep saying, let the tool do the work. Be patient. And it worked. I need to go back to them and say, thank you. It worked. But I must be honest. The gift was there. The tools were there. I'm going to talk to you all now. But when I entered that Lowe's, so was my pride. I go into Lowe's with a lot of pride. You know why? I already know what my life's supposed to look like. I already know how to get done what I need to get done. I already have a vision of it. I saw it on YouTube. I have virtual training, right? It's me and my project. I'm a pretty smart guy, right? I've done things and succeeded before. Now, I've destroyed 9 out of 10 projects, but it's that 1 out of 10 that makes me think I can walk in. I know what tool I need. I know what to do, and I know I'm going to do it, right? So, so, so look, th there, is, there are tools, right? There are tools, the right stuff, but what's my pride? And I thought to myself, they are men too. I can figure this out. That's just a man. They can't tell me what to do. I can fix my own mistakes. I even was racial thinking, these white guys, they don't know. They're probably going to tell me wrong, so I can have to take two steps back, right? Anything to feed my pride. They probably want me to mess up so I can have to buy a new pot. <laughs> what if they get, pot, they get commission from that, right? They probably gave me the wrong bit. You know, they just want to keep, the man, keep me down, right? Down by law. Hey, buy this bit. And they probably picked the most expensive one. It probably was an easy way to do it with a butter knife or something, right? Like they... All this stuff, and I will tell you, when I go back into it, examine it, it wasn't true. It was pride. I've gotten through things before on my own. I'll be my own man, pride. But missing a chance for glory and good, good. Don't approach these elders with pride, y'all. 
don't approach the shepherding ministry of Christ Central with pride or any church ministry. It ain't just Christ Central. We ain't special in that way, right? But with privilege, right? With the privilege, with the thought that God has sent them as a gift to gear you and give you technique for engaging in this world like you are called by Jesus. And, and know this is, I know this is new for many of you out here, especially, um, well, let me just go ahead and out my gender. You men, will you, if you, if you're like me, you want the pride of saying you figured it out on your own. But for those of you who know a little bit about sports, right? That's a lie, Right? Even Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and the dream team need a coach. And when I look at the coaches, man, Belichick, come on. Some little, you know, oh my gosh. A coach? They can't throw the ball 10 yards. Some little probably weird, awkward guy, half the size and ability of the player leading them and instructing them and training them. What a gift. God's given to equip us, but not only that, to heal us. Um, yeah, this is a very sports-heavy sermon. I try to stay away from it because um, that was the one critique I got in seminary when I preached a sermon. Um, it just happened to be I was in the sports that day, um, and I wrote my sermon, and my professor said, Howard, excellent sermon, just one issue. Illustration one, sports. Illustration two, sports. Illustration three, sports. You might have people in your church who aren't in the sports, but today y'all get in sports, so get over it. <laughs> so the NFL draft was <laughs> on the last few nights. And I remember last year, I remember it because Harrison had a, um, my son Harrison uh, back there on the machine doing the thing. Pretty good job. Um, so he, um, he had his band banquet, and I remember the draft, and I knew there was a few Clemson players. I'm a Clemson fan, Clemson grad. And a few Clemson players that were possibly getting drafted last year. Man, I had my phone, like, looking at the draft during the band banquet. But sorry, son. Um, he did come over and say, Dad, who got drafted? So we were into it together. Um, but the NFL draft was on a few nights ago, and I remember last year, again, two Clemson players went in the first round, wide receiver Mike Williams and quarterback Deshaun Watson. And Mike went to San Diego. Is San Diego now Los Angeles? Oh, Lord. Okay. And then Deshaun went to Houston, and right before the season started, Mike had a back injury. He was the number seventh, seven pick overall. That most likely was an initially tweaked in college. And then after a stellar start, Deshaun Watson tore his ACL in a game and at practice. <laughs> Two rookies, first round, big money contracts and bigger dreams sidelined. You know, I've always heard that injury and getting through injury for athletes is part of the game. I, I mean, I was in the band, so I kind of know um, if you can step in a hole when you... One time I stepped on a pine cone at practice. <laughs> the yellow jackets will sting you at the, just, just, just trust me. I know what it is to be on the field to play at halftime. Um, point is this, if you were born in this world, people, and even if you were a believer, a draft pick by God to be in his community, in the church, a believer, destined, predestined to be the best you God intended, Injury, 
pain, spiritual and mental and emotional brokenness is part of the game. It's part of the call. The church, the church roster, I mean, you know, when we look through the church roster as elders, it's filled with and adds to its community of broken and injured people. So-and-so joined, well, we know they broke it, right? What injury are they coming in? We can just ask the question, hey, we got new church members. What, they, what, they, what are they going through? What are their issues? Where are they broken? You can't always see it. They're good at covering up. They're taking something to cover the pain up, right? But eventually we realize injury and pain and hurt is part of it, and Jesus, the head and owner of this thing, has given elders to be like the trainers, the first aid folks, the corner men, right? Look at this description in chapter um, 4 again, um, and it says this in verse, starting at verse 13. And it gives, we're called to have gifts of elders, and it says, Until, why? Until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then it says this, so that we may no longer... Be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into him, excuse me, grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. You know, winds and waves in this passage is another way of saying storm, like hurricane gust. That means you have experienced serious harm. And the children thing here means that some of you have experienced some serious abuse by the hands of things more powerful than yourself. Like your own personal sin. Like the sin of somebody else. That you are victims of broken and messed up circumstances. That you come into the faith broken. You come into the church broken. And elders are demoted in some sense to, to be the trainers, the, the water boys, to deal with that, to know that, to expect that, to not be surprised like, oh my gosh, you told me your story. I can't believe things are that bad. Get away from us. We're such an inc incredible church. You're going to mess it up. No. Welcome. We all am injured reserve. We like to say, this is the island of misfit toys up in here. Right? You're the car with the square wheels. <laughs> we know. But we're called as elders to know and expect that you come filled with stuff that needs to be healed and may come up. Like Deshaun Watson, during a great season, he had an awesome season, that you may go down right after you eclipse the rookie yards record. And people are talking about playoffs run led by rookie. That, that's when that stuff happens. And an elder like with Mike and Deshaun with their medical trainers become the most important people. Not seen, behind the scenes, up with you early in the morning, praying and doing rehab, doing surgeries there to push you to stretch and do one more and continue to use the tools and move this way and don't be afraid of the pain and failure to trust God's healing process not so the brokenness can all go away but that as the Bible says when it does come when you're hitting the same knee or back during a game that you will trust the grace of God to keep you Listen, y'all, when we talk about engaging the world and going out in the world in our mission and vision statement, let me tell you, we are talking about you going out every day and morning into the place and places where you can get hurt. 
where you can, are vulnerable and weak to attack, where you can break, be bro- broken down and you can make mistakes. Like the Lowe's guy said to me about the terracotta material, it is unforgiving. Life is unforgiving sometimes. And you and it will break, on it, break when you press on it. That's life. That's this world. That's you and me. When I say engage the world, it's almost like telling these athletes that have been hurt, in football, we repaired your knee, now go back out there and get tackled. What? Think about it. Why are they getting fixed up? Why are they getting the training? Why are they sitting in the ice bath or whatever? Why are they going through this? Not to retire, but to return. Our goal as elders is to heal, like, like promote the healing process of God in your life, not so you can retire. Not so you can regress, but so that you can return and repent and be redeemed, right? And go to the world and engage it. And we know that when you go back out in the world, guess what? There'll be more hurricanes. There'll be more storms. But God has given you the gift of men who are elders who are there to help you in the healing process. Look at these last verses, verse 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth of love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. See, part of the healing process, y'all, is your connection to the body. The way to healing for those of you engaged in the world is for your elders to keep you connected to each other, to the body, because alone you will be exposed and you will be broken. If you out there living Lone Ranger, you are an injured person, susceptible to injury alone, not using the gift of shepherding to give you the tools that knit you together with each other. See, you think that this ain't no business where, okay, we, we trying to make sure everybody shows up the community group so we can say on our annual reports, oh, we got 70% community group participation. Now, some people go around. I would love for y'all to do that. So when I go to General Assembly with the national pastors, uh, and they, how many people you got? Blah, blah, blah. How many? Yeah. I, you know, I want to brag too, right? I would love a championship. That'd be great. I want some rings, you know? What's your congregation like? Christ Central, boy. (laughs) No. This is about what the passage is saying. How do you grow in Christ? How do you fulfill the calling in such a dangerous and desperate and evil world? That stuff that you'll like, stuff that'll take you down, you stay connected to the body. And what is an elder called to do? The elder is called to equip you with each other, right? Build to grow together. Most importantly, in this body healing, that you would have Christ as your head is so important. You see, from the elder, 
Um, from, from, this, uh, from the head, Jesus, healing comes and wholeness happens. The elder has been called to this position to not only help you find your place in the body and community, but help you know who you are in Christ. That you would know despite your brokenness, despite your, how fragile you are and how damaged you are, that you are a beautiful rising star to Jesus Christ. And Elder says, do you see how beautiful you are in Christ? Do you see how amazing Christ can make you and has made you? An elder has been demoted to servant leader, player coach, water boy, customer service, so that you would know how incredible God has called you to be, how awesome you have it being with Jesus. I discovered that I like doing do-it-yourself projects, especially when they involve old stuff that nobody wants. I went to dump my old gas grill. I used the bottom of it too, right? I can't even explain it. Okay, anyway, but I took the top part, the grill part, it was all rusted out, and I took it to the city dump near my house, and I went, it, and as I was about to toss it on the pile, oh, it was like heaven. You know how many old grills were out there? You know how many parts were out there nobody wanted? I stood there for a long time scanning and assessing, right, assessing and, and, and how and what was going on. And I was this close to loading up stuff that had been dumped because I saw a million smokers, y'all. Maybe a robot. I mean, I just saw all kind of stuff. You see? You and I are that junk sometimes, discarded and worn out by a broken world and broken selves. And Jesus has sent his elders to find us, to go with his eyes, um, and so that we can, with the patience and carefulness and with the right tools and equipment, make us whole again, healed from being broken that we can be useful and use what he has made us full with, right? And he has called and demoted elders to equip for that work and heal us for that work. It's God's gift to you. Why would you deny such a gift? It's God's gift to the church. Why those of you who would be believers, who consider yourselves believers, not be in a church where God gives this gift? I urge you today, as we ordain and install these men to elder, that you would see them as the great gift God has given you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the gifts. A lot of us have not had great experiences with church leadership. I pray, Lord, that you would help us who are leaders, elders. Help us to learn how to better equip and promote healing in the body. Lord, I ask right now that you would use uh, this congregation to pray for those who are elders, knowing that though they're the gifts, the power 
comes from Christ alone. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.